from Harare, Zimbabwe to the World Wide Web. You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Every week, we lead you in conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Our goal is to get you to ask questions and compare what today's culture is telling us versus what the Bible says. If you're a non-believer, we hope that our conversation will shed more light on what the Christian faith is really about. Never miss an episode by subscribing through our website, www.radiantculture.africa or you can find us on iTunes. Like our Facebook page, look up Radiant Culture and follow us on Twitter at Radiant Culture. If you're on Instagram, it's Radiant underscore culture. Radiant Culture. It's live. It's truth. It's lit. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome everybody to the Raiden Culture Podcast. Yes. Biscuit, what's up? What's up, what's up, what's up? (laughs) So, I want to get to something practical. Okay. Um, I know you've started your business now, Mm -hmm. but this wasn't something that started this year. It started way back. Why did it take so long? Tell us a little bit about the journey and what you had to overcome to get to a place where... To, to put it in context, yeah. can, I, can I ask how long it took? <laughs> Just so that people, you know, maybe yeah. there's per- perseverance light, perseverance, <laughs> L, and they just need to know. Perseverance bold. <laughs> perseverance bold, you know. Um, what's, what's... How many years is it from 2007? 10. 10, yeah. I just... We're on 10, yeah. yeah. Wow, because it's 2017. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cool, I just made a revelation <laughs> right there. 10 years in the building. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, what took so long? Um, shame. Mm-hmm. Which is not the answer you expected. Because <laughs> <I know. laughs> you're like waiting to, like, yeah, no, the economy, and then 2008 happened, and I, we I had to took it as you're live saying, on oh, chunks. Ashim. I'm not, yeah, as in, uh, Ashim. <laughs> no, no, not that. <laughs> not who shame. shame. Actual like, like, shame. They were throwing shame. shame. All right. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. But why? Why do we. The night is dark and full of many terrors. But that's not what we're talking about that's right now. That's not what it's we're talking not, about. No. It's it's not, <laughs> you guys. It's summertime now. It's summertime. The winter's coming. Yeah. The, the <laughs> so, anyway, um, I have to say shame. So, because um, shame comes from. I think it comes from rejection. It makes sense that it would come from rejection, that if you've been rejected, especially by a a parent, you know, um, not rejected like, hey, you can't live in my house, get out, but like rejected in the sense that you, there's certain aspects of the person that you are that you can't really show around that parent because they don't understand them. And -hmm. then they tend to treat you a certain way to make sure, to sort of to manage you. Okay. So when you're still young, you may not process that the correct way. But when you get older, that's when you realize, no, this person may be afraid of the outcomes if I follow this thing that I want to do. Okay. And because they can't control it, then they don't manage it in the way of, you know what, this mm. is more like there's something wrong with you because that's what you want to do. Sorry, so, before you continue, okay. I know there are a lot of people that mm-hmm. would be listening and would be thinking, Oh my gosh, especially those with a ghetto background like me. Jokes, uh-huh. I didn't grow up in the ghetto. But anyway, <laughs> some people would call that a private school problem. How do you mean? How? Like when you in, send your kids in, to private yeah, school? You had a problem of rejection. 
that's not even a problem. Okay, you yeah. get it. You people, some people, but where, where I'm getting at is yeah. a lot of people don't actually realize how serious that kind of a problem is. Some people will just think, ah, she was I, rejected. Yeah, so, I, ah, <laughs> shut But it's actually something that many people never confront and they actually don't know that it's the root of a lot of their problems. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier, actually at the very beginning, um, that things like depression or whatever, or or mental discomfort, whatever, is completely ignored. Exactly. At least in Zimbabwe. I don't know about the rest of Africa. I think it's the same. But it is like, that doesn't exist. That's You're not just, an issue. Yeah. Do you need yeah. to go to the hospital and get a painkiller? That's about it. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we'll actually beat it up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, like me and Biscuit, and I'm sure the listeners would have been expecting your answer to be what took so long would have been, uh, you know, Nagarewa or. <laughs> Uh, lack of capitalization. Lack of capitalization. That sort of thing. No, it was having no market linkage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Because <laughs> that's all weird. We come up with all these strange excuses. But anyway, you come out and say this thing and you say, shame. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. So I just thought I should. Put that out, yeah. Okay, well, um, so yeah, uh, so this shame was sort of like characterized by procrastination. Um, it's like self-sabotage. Okay. So because you are ashamed to be who you want to be or who you are, you then become a serial people pleaser and you do what other people think that you should do and you follow the path that other people kind of expect you to follow. In my case, I wanted to really impress one of my parents and just be the daughter that they wanted. Unfortunately, I wasn't that. And until I got to the point of realizing God actually made me like that, whether I'm their daughter or not, he is father to the fatherless and mother to the motherless. And that doesn't mean that your parents have to be dead for him to be that. He can accept you because he made you. Mm, wow, so okay. that acceptance from him is what then also allowed me to follow my dream. So in the course of the time where I wasn't in that point of revelation, I just used to do my thing. Like any person who knows me knows that from since they can remember, I've been this artistic person. I, I sing, I write, I design. You, you could see it For a moment, I thought through. you were going to say, I sing, I rap. I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> I, I do have a small freestyle that I did, but I I I don't want to I don't want to like shame you with it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, and the years that it took for me to get there, I'm not looking at them from a point of lamenting, but I believe that God takes even those things that misunderstanding that I had that lack of revelation that I had, and he molded me over the years that it took for me to get to where I am now. Because had I had the ideas that I have now and tried to implement them then, then I would have fallen flat on my face. And it might have discouraged me to the point where I pack everything up and not doing okay. and not do it. Not saying that I didn't try to, because I, I convinced myself that God didn't make designers. I actually thought, yeah, God makes bankers and receptionists and oh you know, straight, straight arrows in society, you know. Not these funny, colorful people Eish. with piercings in their nose and, you know, mohawks and that kind of thing. God doesn't make those people. He only makes prim people who have long hair and attend church every Sunday and wow. only look at Pablo's <laughs> on their way past. 
That's not what this discussion is about, okay. by the way. But before we get into that, I know Pablo's it's... is a fine establishment. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're, yeah. No, We're no. saying an invoice to Pablo because of Biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Because he does those things. He's a Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> so in the time that I was uh, just like lost and confused and things like that, God was adding different elements to my character and building me up to be able to continue in perseverance. Okay. Because perseverance takes a certain level of character. You can't just wake up and persevere, you know. Yeah. It takes building up. And because I've been built up over those years, now I'm able to persevere. And I see quite clearly that you can't say anything to me to discourage me. Okay. And I do, I'm not so sensitive anymore that I just, oh, people don't think it's proper to do what I do. And then oh, I won't do it anymore, you know, okay. yeah. because you, you, these are all things that you have to deal with. That aspect of dealing with people's opinions, handling how yeah. you'll be seen after that. And actually, before I started really publishing some of my written work, that's the reason why I didn't, because I didn't want to be seen. I just wanted to hide in my little box and kind of, you know, maybe write mm. one fictional book and then make lots of money from that until I actually started writing and it, it got me to look into other areas of my life that I'd never wanted to share. And shame is only dealt with by putting things out in the open that are shameful to you. Wow. So only by admitting that I, I have a domineering parent who kind of, um, has expectations from me and I've always wanted to meet those expectations and unfortunately failed to because as a child your responsibility is not to meet your parents' expectations oh, yeah. but to honor and love them as you are instructed mm. by God. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell us so tell us tell us how you practically dealt with your obstacle. And your obstacle here yeah, seems to uh -huh. be the parent. Because uh -huh. <laughs> that was the source of the rejection and the shame. Yeah. How did you deal because that's quite a close, that's as close as you can get. Like your uh -huh. parent, it, yeah. it's, you know, it's hard enough if it's your friends and, you know, the general public. But if it's, you know, your very own parent and is the source of this obstacle. And I'm sure there are a number of people that are, you know, facing this kind uh -huh. of challenge. How do you, how did you deal with that? Because, you know, your parents want you to be some sort of person and then you uh -huh. are going this direction. There's obviously going to be friction. Yeah. And how, how did you deal with that? Or have you dealt with it, maybe? Okay, well, we're not allowed to swear on air, are we? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was not going to swear I'm a Christian, okay? Yeah, Christians don't swear. right. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, how I dealt with it was to disconnect my mind from the things that are not in line with the instructions of God. So like I was saying about meeting certain expectations... Um, it's, it's a very, it's a messy situation and I don't want to say it like there's a one plus one formula. Mm -hmm. It's actually case by case because then the levels of that, uh, whole thing also depend on your specific situation. So for example, if your parent is maybe dealing with their own rejection that they have failed to identify and deal with, then you can't really fault them for that and then treat them like a douche, okay. even if they act like one, they're yeah. not uh, acting like one out of the 
douchiness of their heart, but okay. that's what they know. Oh, I've never heard that phrase, douchiness of the heart. Yeah, and and you know, some douchiness. Douchiness. Imagine. Cast it out. Exactly. Imagine a prophet saying that. Douche. I see it. I see it. Some douchiness. I see the douchiness. Douchiness. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Okay. Let's appear to good days. What? Though some people do need that. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. So how I've tried to deal with it is to not be a nasty person, but I've now seen that when I would show my show my vulnerability in sharing the dreams that I had for my life, they weren't met with the enthusiasm I thought that they would. So I've stopped sharing that. But in my specific case, it's because of the effect of it. So I'm not saying disconnect from your parents and treat them like strangers. What I'm saying is you now know the areas that are frictional between the two of you so don't aggravate the area when you've been told atidi magitari and then you're now coming to talk about direct in their face okay and there are other things you can do in preparation so that when you're maybe on your own you can then follow that so <clears throat> so isn't that borderline like rebellion nav- navigating what? you know what um, what rebellion I, 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 to to like like if your parents say I teach my guitar and in secret you're doing my guitar. You know what? You know no what? offense to, 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 to but that, you right? do it anyway, whether uh, you're called a rebel or not. I was actually thinking pretty much the same kind of line. Mm-hmm. I went a bit more biblical than country, <laughs> but I was thinking that same line. And I was thinking, look, you've you've got your your mandate, you've got your yeah, vision, you've yeah. got your purpose, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're walking along that, and you're having to persevere. In that. Yeah. And one of the obstacles is your parents, is your family, or significant people around you yeah. don't understand. I speak as an artist. Thankfully, my parents did support me, but it took a while. Mm-hmm. But they did. And I know many artists who die along the route because that's not what their parents want. And it's, all, it's viewed as rebellion. That mandate upon their lives is viewed upon mm-hmm. as rebellion mm-hmm. to the parents. Mm-hmm. I think of, of was it Joseph, our dreamer. In the Bible. Yeah, Joseph. Now, yeah. he had a mandate, and it, would, it was very douchey of him to tell everyone. <laughs> it was really douchey <laughs> to tell everybody uh-huh. that mandate. They were not in agreement with it. So the wiser thing to have done, I mean, we're thankful that it went the way it worked, and it helped, and it, it produced the, what we needed, the biblical mm-hmm. narrative. But mm-hmm. he could have just been quiet and just lived his life and achieved the same things. Just, you don't... What I'm trying to say is, let's say you do want to do music. But I've got a... Sorry to stop you in your tracks there, but you, I think you've picked the, the, the right the, story. Yeah. If he hadn't been a douche, would he have fulfilled all those things? Because he had to be a douche to be enslaved and end up where he eventually was. So my question is, if you don't confront that and have friction with your parents you're just going to be in the secret closet and never, maybe an opportunity will never present itself or you will never embrace an opportunity to then come out because you're in this closet. So I feel like this friction at some stage, you have to kind of go against it. Can I put a caveat there and say that I agree. However, I think you can have honorable friction. 
Because okay. you are still required to honor them, no matter this, what. This is what I was now. Yeah. This is what I was yeah. saying. Yeah. To say, you know, you then don't go and do it in their face. Like even if you uh, open a secret shop or whatever, and the shop does well, you then don't come and flash. Exactly. You know, it's not necessary because otherwise you are then as guilty as they are. Sometimes being the bigger man is understanding that your revelation is not the same revelation as anyone as another yeah. person. And I think I always talk about this to say that Christians we have a slight challenge sometimes in that when we reach a level of revelation, we then kind of want to impose that on other people. But the reason why it's a journey is that they're then going to realize and start questioning their own actions. So if I see that maybe someone dresses inappropriately for church, it's not my place to go and try and, yeah, and then you must dress better or whatever. I don't know why they dress inappropriately. And for them, it may be normal. It may be coming from some other elements of their lives that I don't understand. And that's why I need to trust God when this person comes to church. My job isn't to play God at church. God does what God does at church. And it's not my place to come and then try and be like, and then God said, thou shalt and chases sheep away. Because the shepherd knows how he's going to deal with his sheep. And... Likewise for our parents, I can't claim to have some kind of superior knowledge and revelation and therefore I shall conform my parent, whatever. No, I'm putting my parent in God's hands. Yes, there's going to be some messy situations where maybe you share, you exchange words or whatever, but I like to think that I've, I've acquired this, uh, this sense of quietness where I don't feel the need to fight. You know, because when you're rebelling, sometimes you also think ah, I must sh shout the slogan and let them know I'm rebelling. But there's a quiet way of doing it that in the end, even that same parent who is giving you trouble will turn around and accept you because you haven't done it in a burn the house down kind of way. You've done it honorably. And even they will start to question themselves. This person, why this mm. person doesn't respond the way I expected them to? Like, for example, a husband who's been out late and comes home and his wife still gets up out of bed. She still heats the food for him and she gives it to him. She knows he's messing around. Her friends have told her, everyone has told her, but she doesn't, she doesn't try to take a different kind of power. She uses the power she has of submission. You submit to your husband because he's God's. And if anyone's ever going to deal with him, God's going to deal with him. You're not going to say anything to him. That's going to convince him to change. But God is going to deal with that person's heart by asking them, why is this person still able to show you kindness when you deserve something else? And that is truly the heart of God. Can, mm. to, to add to that, yeah. my own little story. Mm. Um, my mom, very, very strong believer. <clears throat> and uh, I guess I, I was all right. I was good. And, <laughs> You're pretty good. Yeah, I was, I was pretty all right. And then, um, but I, I, I think there's the period of time when everyone goes through a fire. And so <laughs> I was now getting involved in church. I was beginning to serve and so on. My dad, on the other hand, did not want to hear about that church. He thought we were a bunch of crazy people. <laughs> he thought that it was killing his family. He thought it was stealing us all away. He hated it. And here's me going in there. I was now a first-time counselor. I was in uh, deliverance ministry. <laughs> I was in the video team. I was like, <laughs> getting more and more plugged in. And it meant late nights. It meant getting home at odd hours because of a conference or whatever. It meant mm -hmm. being at church. Whenever you'd look for me, I'd be saying, oh, I'm at church. And it irked him to the point where he, he was one step away from banning us from that. Yeah. Um, and I did what you're kind of saying. 
I just stopped talking about it. I just thought I, I would wherever I was, I did whatever I could to not advise him that okay, I happen to be at a youth conference right now. <laughs> just just yeah. do what I do and and didn't try to put it in his face. Yeah. Years down the line, just this Wednesday, he was actually asking me, yo, let's go to a to a Bible study fellowship. He's yeah. now yeah. plugged in. And I can only imagine that if I had put it on in his face, he would have been more resistant mm. later. When God did reach him, you so, know, said that so, no, okay. God, you stole That's my family and been angry. Yeah. So I had to still honor him mm. whilst I was pursuing what I felt God wanted me to do. But that did not mean putting it in his face. As much as you may want yeah. to say, Dad, you know, I got revelation today. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to, but look at me now, Pastor. Look at me now. What? We're good. still commanded to honor and, yeah. and still commanded to love our neighbors. That's so, really good. Basically, yeah. you guys have just defined waiting on the Lord. That's what you guys did. You waited <laughs> on the Lord. You just did your thing. You didn't, you didn't confront your parents. You didn't um, offend them. You, you tried to, to keep things, you know, amicable and, 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 and avoid tensions and stuff. And you were just like, look, I'm not strong enough to deal with this. Yeah. And you just waited for the time when God reached out to that person and changed the way they see things for them to embrace what you were doing. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's it. Like, I, I wish we could, we could learn that in our works because I think it's not so much the situations that do damage. It's us, the people who try to interfere on behalf of God. Like, it's as if the moment we understood what good things were, we now have made it our mandate to force goodness upon people. But goodness is an issue of the heart. Yeah. You cannot, it's like you cannot give without receiving. Mm. You can take your money and just go and leave it at church, but that would just be a transaction. There's a difference between honoring God with your money and just going to leave it at church because someone harps on about it every service. Mm. There's a difference. Wow. And you, you need to have received something from God that allows you to be able to give. And God doesn't require you to chop off your arm and give it to the next person. This is why he gave everybody two arms. Like, um, the ones, okay, the, okay. But <laughs> he didn't, you know, no, but you, you get, you, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. To say he gave each and every one of us an opportunity to do better in our life. So yeah. now that we're going into the festive season, every other thing is talking about give this give that give 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 it's all about take from what you have and give to other people as if there's some um some essential reason to do that and god loves cheerful givers but don't make the mistake of thinking you have to be cheerful on your own he'll make you a cheerful giver you will give cheerfully because you know the source and the source works with you until you're at a point where you can give yeah. comfortably and it's not an issue of guilt because if we could kill things like guilt and obligation, then we'd be happier at church. We're miserable at church and we dread going there because you're just surrounded by these people who are living some crazy virtual reality yeah. relationship with yeah. God, which is unrealistic. Virtual reality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Virtual reality church. <laughs> you know that's probably coming. <laughs> cool. You, oh, I, <laughs> I got that a little bit late. <laughs> But as we come to a close, because, yeah, we kind of gone way over time. But as we kind of close, uh, perhaps maybe tell us, um, for the listener out there who's trying to figure out, okay, she talked about a business. What business is this? Um, what is it that you started 10 years ago that's only coming out 
now? Now, um, yeah. I started designing jewelry. Okay. So handmade jewelry um, from you know seed beads, like yeah. small beads, very African sort of looking, mm-hmm. but it's contemporary mm-hmm. through my eyes anyway. Uh, so that's what I started all those years ago. I, d- I didn't even start actually with the kind of work that I'm doing now. I started sitting under a table wow. at Avondale Flea Market wow. <laughs> in the heat. But yeah, that's so from the flea market to where are you now? I have just opened my first shop. Wow. Um, yeah. Flea market to a shop. See? Uh, to it's a never shop. too late. And it's business strategies late, and branding and development, even personal development. Uh, just I've my mind has changed about who I thought that I was and that's God working obviously through the years to get me to a point of realizing that I do deserve to do what I want to do and he'll bless me because I am giving it to him. Okay. Yeah. Not trying to do it on my own. I like that. um, I do deserve to do what I want to do. It ties back to the whole shame thing. I think we would, most of us live through life, not knowing who we are in God's eyes and what he is. He, the mm. best that he already sees for us yeah. or our best version that he sees for mm. us. And so, yeah, we should change ourselves and avoid a lot of stuff mm-hmm. going towards that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, this comes to, to the end of our episode. Thank you so much, Sazel, for, for coming through and sharing uh, powerful stuff. Eh? This, this was the last one of the year, right? Yes. Yes. The yeah. last one of the year. Yeah, so cool. Well, so thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> kept the best for last. <laughs> yeah, guys, I think I need a badge. You need to give me like this. Like, yeah, I need some kind of badge or some some money or <laughs> some money. Some money. <laughs> okay. I think, you know what? <laughs> what I deserve it. Okay. This is beer. Wait till the Lord. <laughs> but of course. <laughs> but. Really, though, I think um, everybody out there, we're going into the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, do enjoy it, uh, whatever you will be up to. Make it memorable. Spend time with the people that matter, the things that are important. And um, it's always a great time to stop and think. If you don't stop and think, it's a good time to do that when everybody else is also taking it easy. Mm-hmm. As you start a new year, I think remembering this message of perseverance would be important. It should define how you start next year. Maybe there's some dreams, maybe there's some things that you had put down that you need to pick up again Mm -hmm. and remember that you should persevere in that, that you should seek the Lord in that, that you should wait on the Lord for that and um, get into 2018 um, the way God would have you getting into that. Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just (laughs) thought I should say that. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. And don't wait for things in, in... Sometimes you won't understand the signs. Yeah. But one thing that I've learned is peace. God gives peace. If you don't have peace over something, that's your cue that there's something wrong there. Something missing, something that needs to be added. You need to leave it alone. But God gives peace. So as you do your thing, I can't give you the finer details of how it's going to happen for mm. you. But I can definitely tell you that God gives peace. So seek God and he'll deal with you. He'll give you the right kind of peace to get you through all the things you need to go through. Cool. So closing, in closing, God gives you peace, not a peace, but he gives you peace. I'm Kent. (laughs) (laughs) I am Biscuit signing out for 2017. 
Yeah. And I'm Shazel, also signing out for 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm producer. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can put that in, though. <laughs> you see, I'm telling you, this. <laughs> the producer, evidence of things unseen. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.